So this message um, might be a little bit hard, but I'm going to be so sweet in the way I preach it <laughs> that I'm going to help you. And I've entitled it, You Can Do It. And one of the biggest reasons why I want to talk about this is I had, I've never, I've read this story, I don't know how many times, but I saw it in a different way than I've ever seen it. I think it was last week. And so I can't, I've told you this, I can't read through the Bible in one year. I'll get stuck in a chapter for a month. So, um, Anyway, so I'm going to read 1 through 22. I may stop in between, and if you've got anything in between before I get to the bullet points. So I usually do. Remember the title, though. You can do it. You can do it. Please, let that stick. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, Moses stared in amazement. Could you and and could you imagine this? And so, what I like to do too when I'm reading through the scriptures is I like to. I'm a visionary. It might be a little more simple for me than some, but I like to put myself in that place to try to help me to understand what's happening. And I've seen the disciples a lot of times. These guys were crazy. Anyway. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. He stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing. Moses said to himself, how many of you talk to yourself? Some people, th- some people will tell you you're crazy. If you, don't, if you talk to yourself, you're crazy if you don't. So talking to yourself is a good thing. Encouraging yourself. All right. It didn't. So it was engulfed in flames, but didn't burn up. How, how many of you know that's, that's not usual? This is amazing. Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I, mu- I must go see it. So he's curious. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, and I just want to say right here, how many of you know that the Lord sees you? And, and this is good. I'm not yeah. talking. He sees yeah. you even when you're messing up, but that's not what I'm talking about. The Lord sees you, and he absolutely loves you. He's got an amazing plan for your life, and you can do it. So, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer. This way my dad used to talk to me. He didn't ask me to do anything. He, and I needed it. I was a mess. Anyway, the Lord warned. So God is warning him for something specific. But then he says... And I, I'm asking the Lord, I'm like, I don't know what this means, but I believe God. But he says, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And I, I think we would all be like, oh my God, what is happening? I, I don't know. I think I would have passed out. Anyway. The Lord told him, I have certainly seen, this is, his, this is God's love for these people. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. And he loves all you guys that much. I have heard their cries of distress. And when you're praying, God hears yes. your cries. Absolutely. He hears your prayers. And I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, man, I could be all over the place here. Okay, so... 
I'm aware of their suffering. He is aware of whatever it is that you may be dealing with. Um, how did he say this? I got to share this. This is just real quick. I'm all over the place, but that's okay. That's good. Th this is in a way I've never heard this before. Usually when we think about having a mountain, we're like, oh my gosh, man, help Lord. I got to, I, I, you know, it's, it always in my mind anyway, for me, it's always come across as a negative and it's, what is, what is the scripture? Mark, uh, whatever it is. Oh, 11, speak to this mountain. Yeah, anyway, moved, yeah, Mark 11, 23. Yeah. But anyway, so I heard Chris Valentin say this today. If you don't have a mountain in front of you, you're living a small life. I was like, oh, man. It's, it's, if you know people, if you are doing something in life, there's going to be some Anything. mountains in front of you at times, yeah. but don't let it intimidate you. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it cause you to stop. Be like, okay, I'm doing something for God. This is the way I say, if, 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 uh, if the devil isn't bothering you, if he's not intimidated by you, you're not doing anything. Anyway. So in other words, this is a good point for me to go ahead. put my little two cents in. So in other words, if, if you never sense or deal with any kind of opposition, and I think Western American Christians have been falsely taught that come serve Jesus and you won't have any problems anymore. That's not what Jesus said, though. How many of us in this room can vouch that is not the case? And so I'm so sorry for the wrong message that's been sent and been spoken because Jesus promised you will have trials and tribulations in this life. But be of good cheer, he says. We're going to overcome all of it together. And so I think just having that mentality, even in the morning when you get out of bed and you think, hmm, I wonder what today holds. And you think, oh, this is going to be the best day ever. And then something completely blindsides you. And you're like, this <laughs> is the worst. And you remember, oh, wait, the Lord told me I'm going to have some trouble. But okay, Lord, you're not surprised by this. Like Pastor Joe was just saying, he's already been there. He sees it. He hears your cry. He's right there to say, yeah, let's, let's deal with this mountain. Let's command it to go and be cast in the sea. Let's speak to that opposition. Let's know that greater is he, the Bible says, that lives in you than he that comes against you in this world. Remember, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, and he lists off the principalities, you know, and so remember that when it's maybe a person at work and you thought, what is up with them? And why are they picking on me? And how could they say that or do that? Or he says, be of good cheer. It's just a gorilla. Don't worry. Just be of good cheer for I have overcome it all. So as long as we stay, what does the Bible say? He's the vine and we're the branches. Stay vitally united with me. You stay united with him. He's got your answer. He's got the provision. He's got the peace. He's got that solution. Amen. So don't be discouraged or think God doesn't care or love you because there's opposition. We're going to have that till the time Jesus comes back for us. Uh, I'm not in faith for it, but it happens. But it happens. So. <laughs> oh, so I have heard their cries of distress Woo! because of their harsh slave drivers. Some of you think uh, you got some hard bosses. Man, these guys, these guys were whipping them. So, ouch. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. God is aware of anything, everything. So I've come down to rescue them 
from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey or with no lack. And that is the life that we can live with no lack. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Persians now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Verse 10. Now go, a command. Now go, okay? He's not asking him, right? Because he, God knows what's best for us, right? Raise your hand if you believe that. Amen. Yes, okay. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. Oh, thanks a lot, Lord. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses, pro, have you ever done this? Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And maybe you haven't verbally said this, but in your hearts, in your minds at times, you're, you, you are doubting what God is asking you to do and if you can really do it. And I'm not going to say it's, I, I think, I don't know, is this the right word? Is this recorded? Anyway, it whatever. <laughs> it's, it's normal, but it's wrong as in, okay, you're going to have that thought. I can promise you're going to have that thought in this way. The enemy's going to bring that thought to you. But this is what I want to encourage you. Whatever it is, you can do it. And you got one of the best examples sitting right here of when the Lord tells you to do something that's so much bigger than you. I just keep saying yes, even in the middle of the fear. If you think I'm here because I haven't dealt with fear, I mean, she has had to like, try to pick me up off the floor as I'm crying because I'm so afraid of whatever it is that is happening over the years and that God's always asking me to do something so much bigger. And you guys know this was, this was a nine-year dream. The church was a seven-year dream. I just, I promise you, if you'll just keep saying yes in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the doubting, in the middle of all the excuses that you literally can come up with of why you cannot do it because you can come up with excuses every single time. And it doesn't matter where you're at in life, how old you are, God is, if you're still breathing, God is still, he's not done with you. And, and he has gifted you for whatever it is he's asking you to do, even though it is going to be bigger than you. He, he, God is not prideful. God is God. And he takes, uh, uh, is it glory or he, he, however you want to say it, he loves to ask you to do something that you're not going to be able to do on your own. It's just what it is. And if you don't like it, just stop not liking it because God, God is God, man. And he, he can do whatever he wants, right? It is what it is. But if you'll believe that it's the goodness of God, Romans 2, 4, that leads man to repentance, it's because God is so good and he's going to ask you to do something that you can't do, but you're going to, I, 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 the, what was it, yesterday, the day before, man, I was upstairs on my throne and just spending some time with the Lord and listening to worship music. That's his chair, and I, by the way. <laughs> Clarification. And so, anyway, <laughs> that's hers. You're welcome. Anyway, so all of a sudden, man, I realize I'm, 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 I just start crying. I've been crying so much for the last six months anyway. I don't even care anymore. But, and I literally... Like I could physically feel like just, man, this, I was telling the Lord, like this place that I'm at in my life, it's, it's like the best, like I've never been more fulfilled, even though I was dealing with 
some other things, man, in the midst of, I just encourage you, man, just turn on some worship music, start praising God. It may take 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, 30 minutes, who cares, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, everything just goes away because your focus is just on him. And it's, it's not denying what is happening, but it's like I always say, the truth, God's word changes the facts. Whatever's happening, again, it's, it's faith is not, uh, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's dumb. Faith is, by his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah. That's faith, okay? So, did that fit? Anyway, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, uh, Israel, out of Egypt. He has a purpose for sending him. He has a purpose for speaking to you, whatever it is that he needs you to do, it's for a purpose, and it's for, you'll, you'll be blessed. But Moses protested to God, who, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, so I love this. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12, God answered, I will be with you. God did not explain to him why he had chosen him, why he had called him, why he was the right person. He did not give him an explanation other than, I will be with you. I'm like, okay, whoa. I mean, if he wanted to give him some long explanation, Well, I love his explanation, though. I'm with you. Doesn't matter, I'm with you. Now, how many of us, if anything God could ask us, if he literally appeared to us in a bush that was on fire but yet not burning up, and he was like, hey, I need you to go do this through this fiery bush, and, and you're like, well, why, how am I going to do that? I can't this, and why that, and all that? And he said, listen, I'm going to be with you. You'd be like, Rawr. you know what I mean? You're like, no, no problem, man. If God's with me, he's literally right here with me. There is nothing I cannot do. I mean, that could be in the simplest, littlest thing or a really big thing. The key, I believe, that God was teaching Moses and that God wants to teach all of us and just burn it, etch it in our heart, is that he is always with us. He lives in us. So there is literally, when our dependence is on him, that, that like basically what he said to Moses, yeah, you don't need all those answers. What you need to know is I'm with you. That's all you need to know. I'm with you. I got you. We've got this. Watch what I can do in and through you. So that, I love his answer. I'd prefer that. Don't tell me all the details. I am not the detailed one. Just tell me the bottom line. <laughs> And just tell me you're with me. Let's go. <laughs> but I just saw something at the end of this verse that I haven't seen till now. God, and so God speaking, he says, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. And I would have been saying, I'm not looking for a sign after I do this. I need one now. And then God says, no, this is your sign after. It's like, oh, Okay. 13, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? He's still, he's still trying to come up with an excuse. He doesn't know they're going to ask this, but maybe he was right. Uh, where was I at? Then what should I tell them? A legit question or, you know, God replied to Moses, 
<laughs> I am who I am. It's like, okay. okay. <laughs> Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Whoa. Is that, I mean, Whoa. yeah, I'm thinking, oh, okay, yeah. Anyway, verse 15, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. And so as I'm reading all this, I'm like, I still want a sign. So anyway, now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me, and it's like, uh, God appeared to me, and they're probably going to be like, sure, he did. I mean, if you think about that, if, if God appeared to you, would, would you even tell anybody, or would you think that people would believe you? I've been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I promised, so he's, he's saying this again. He's trying to get it through. Hey, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do this. I've promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing, and he says it again, with, with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, oh my gosh, all the names again, now live. <laughs> The, elder, the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the kingdom of Egypt and tell him. It's like, okay, thanks a lot. The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, so please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I love God's, God's honesty. He, he, you know, decides to tell him. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. So he's letting him know, hey, this is going to be a fight. There's going to be a battle here. He's, you're not going to go just tell him this. He's going to say, okay, see ya. It's not going to happen. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably up on, on you. So how many of you expect favor? Come on, every hand go up. If you don't, please begin expecting to have favor. They will, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on. They will give you gifts. And when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. I love this. What, what do you need? God's, God's got it. And, it, and it, it's probably going to come in a way that you would have never expected or seen happening. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold. I figured somebody would start shouting. And find clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. Okay, let's just talk about that. <laughs> Can you imagine, like Elizabeth, Sarah, me, Mel, Lana, Lisa, that we just go to our neighbors. We're about to be set free. Moses is like, let my people go. Pharaoh's like, not going to do it. And God's like, no, you're going to let my people go. So there's this, this big fight. And we, as the ladies of the house, are like... <laughs> Give me your gold. I'll take your, yeah, I'll take the tiara. I'll take the diamonds, the crowns. Yes, I'll take your bracelets. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How did that happen? How in the world did their neighbors agree to that? Can you even imagine? That in and of itself was an act of God. Because you know those ladies were like, excuse me, you want my, my silver and my gold? And they just handed it over? Literally, 
That, I think we just read these stories and we think, oh, that's cute. But you, we don't actually think about, in reality, in real life, how in the world does things like this happen? Because God is God. And when God said to Moses, tell him I am sent you, the phrase I am, what, can, what all can you do with the phrase I am? What can you put on the end of I am boom? I am boom. Like you yourself right now could look at your life and God is saying, I am whatever it is you need. You need courage. You need strength. You need energy. You need healing. You need provision. You need friends. You need gold and silver. No, like I'm, and, and it's you not like a, a gene in a lamp. Okay, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when God says, you tell people that I am, that I am, he is literally saying, there is nothing that my creation, humanity, will ever need or lack that I have not already provided. That is who I am. Jehovah, Yahweh. The, the many, it's kind of a funny word, but the many-breasted one is what it means. In other words, you know, mamas, when you're nursing a baby, uh, you only need one. I'm just going to be weird here. But the, the fact that God is saying, I've got more than enough of anything and everything that you need. And I'm preaching to myself right now, but this is who God is. I know we're just like being raw tonight. Sorry. But literally... I am. And when he told them that the ladies are going to go to their neighbors and get all the silver and gold, because see, this journey is going to take finances. This journey is going to take provision. This journey is going to, you're going to need these things. It's going to take effort. It's going to take work and effort. And he provided what they needed. That's why he says in our New Testament, it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. He's not going to drop the gold and silver bracelets out of heaven in the sky on our heads. He's going to say to you one morning, you know what? There's this, this connection that I, you made, someone that you talked with in a coffee shop or a family or a friend that, that you guys talked about doing this you know, enterprise or whatever, and he's gonna show you different ways when you thought all the means that you had were, were done and over. He's gonna show you. Or he might say, hey, I've actually got a different position or a different job. Now it's gonna take you getting out of your comfort zone and you might have to do something you've never done before and it's risky, but I, am what you need so put your trust in me and i've got you amen Amen. so good bam you will dress your sons and daughters with the with these stripping the egyptians of their wealth my note in today's church there would be many offended at god for the way he spoke to moses moses was basically pleading to god not to make him speak and like it's not that God doesn't have mercy, but God's like, this, this, I'm, this is what I need you to do. I believe Moses was literally shaking in his shoes, but God had chosen Moses and wasn't going to let Moses' insecurity or feeling of inadequacy talk him out of his plan for him. He's God, not Moses, not me and you. So... You know, I mean, nobody in this room, but, but, you know, God, God, we love it when, or I do, and I think everybody in here does, when God shows us a coffee shop or to plant a church or whatever it is for you guys, it's like, 
yes, I'm so excited. We're calling everybody, texting them. Eh, God's just showing me all this stuff. But then we think it's just going to happen. Or maybe we're thinking, ah, this might require a little effort, a little bit of work. We did think it was just, I mean, the building's basically ready for it. We literally thought it's not going to be that big a deal. <laughs> it happened Poof. a year, oh, a year oh, later than what we'd anticipated, than what we thought. And we had, there was so much work that went into it. And supernaturally, even God, you know, uh, helped us find the right architect to, to get the ball moving forward. He knew all the language. He knew how to talk to everyone. I think we've shared all that before. But literally, yeah, he might tell you to do something and you think, well, great, because God told me to do it. It's just going to happen. Not necessarily. <laughs> but It's he's going to you. require yeah. hard work. Yeah. It's going to require effort. But it is always going to be worth it. So, and you, there are going to be times through the process, you're going to be surprised by something at least once, if not many times. But that's okay. You just keep going. But it's one of the biggest reasons why you need to make sure you have your brothers and sisters in Christ around you, not the ones that are discouraging you, but the ones that are encouraging you, the ones that are in faith with you, because it is such a big deal to have family around and encouraging you and saying, reminding you of these promises and letting you know you can, you can do this. You can do this. Amen. All right, Numbers 27, I'm going to read verses 12 through 19. One day the Lord said to Moses, Climb one of the mountains east of the river and look out over the land I have given the people of Israel. Verse 13, after you have seen it, man, this is, this verse, I'm seeing it different this time and I'm seeing it through God's grace and mercy and his goodness but at the same time i'm seeing it that he's god and it is what it is because because you can read this and be like man that's brutal after you've seen it you will die like your brother aaron you're not going in in other words i'm gonna let you see it. it's like i don't even know if i want to see it if i can't go in but he's gonna let him see it but then he's it's like oh but again it comes back to god is god and we just say, yes, sir, okay? You'll die like your brother Aaron, for you both rebelled. <laughs> so he's telling him why, and he's not apologizing for it. You both rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zen. When the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters. These are the waters of Meribah and Kadesh in the wilderness of Zen. So he's even reminding him. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, Lord, you are the God. He acknowledges this. You are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. So he's still trying to get out of here. <laughs> and God's like, you're not going in. You're going to die. And you're still going to do this. Yes, sir. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied, take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. Present him. So, man, he's like, having to, he's having have to pass off the mantle, so to speak, man. So he's got to do this and then he gets to go see it and then he's going to die. How many of you are thinking, man, that's really mean? He's God. That's, I, I just keep coming back to, man, we just have to be humble 
and say, okay, he's God. Even if I don't understand this, even if this seems a little bit cruel, God is always right no matter what, okay? Present, no, 19. Present him to Ellie, Ellie, whatever, the priest before the whole community and publicly commission him to lead the people. So not only did Moses not get to go in after seeing the promised land, God told him after he saw it, he was going to die. Today, with the culture that's been created by so many, even in the church, we see this entitlement mentality. Wow. Oh, but wow. I deserve this. And maybe you don't say I deserve oh, this, but it's like, well, so and God's up there going, stop. I mean, literally, I mean, it's like, you know, you read, if you, again, I, I try to picture myself in these places and I'm seeing Moses and I'm not, I'm not picking on Moses. I've done this, but it's like, he's crying and whining because he feels inadequate and he is, it, we all are. It's going to, it's going to, it, it's going to take a dependence on God. It's going to take faith in God. It's going to require hard work so much of the time it's going to require effort and energy maybe studying making phone calls reaching out to people reading some books doing some searching on the internet asking some people for help i'm getting better at that than i've ever been but i don't know man i can be so darn private it's like oh i can just do this myself and god's no you can't you actually you need four people to help you to do that it's like okay all right it's it's so humbling where'd you go did you move that but what was my title you can do it so that's what i'm like i i think part of the reason i mean i saw this in a different way but with my notes here, as I'm thinking about you guys and whoever's going to get to hear this, like I'm so tired of people not getting to fulfill what God has for them because they feel inadequate and they know they can't do it. And I want to encourage you guys in and of yourselves. No, you probably can't, regardless of how gifted that you are. And some people are so much more gifted. I'm like, that ain't fair. The Lord, Lord, I got this entitlement mentality. I'm like, trying to figure out what my gift is, man. And, and some people like, it's like, are so gifted. You're like, whoa, man, that's crazy. But I'm, I want to encourage you guys to get righteously angry at the devil. Don't get mad at God. You're wasting your time. God's not, or people, God's not changing his mind. And when he's, when he's commanding you to do something, you can do it, but not in and of yourself. But get a righteous anger towards the devil and be like, I'm not, I am not going to let him stop me because of all these thoughts. And sometimes it's not even the devil, man. It's our own thoughts. And, and, and go find, go back into your Bible. How many of you read your Bible? It's, it's really good. Read your Bible. So go back in there and find some verses, whether it's one or two or three or four, whatever, wherever God leads you and, and make those personal remind yourself of his promises i mean you're talking a land flowing with milk and honey in other words another word for that is a land of no lack a land of nothing but abundance a land of everything that you will need and i believe that you would desire god promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory but he also gives us desires of our heart and if we get religious 
we can be thinking, well, okay, I, I should just be grateful that all my needs are met, and we should. But man, if you, if you desire something also, it's probably from God. Be okay with that. Be expecting. And, and God's, he's not poor. He's not broke. There's no lack. But, but don't give up in the, in the process, in the uh, nine-year process or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was dreamed about this coffee shop starting in 2012. I'm like, whoa, why so long? I don't know. Who cares? I'm just, okay. I'm just glad now that it's here. It's happened, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it's a lot of work. And Tara's not here, but it's most of it's on her, but and she does it. And then Zoe and some of the others in here, but thank God. But anyway, you can do it. You can do it. Again, not on your own. Be okay with it. If 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 you've got an issue with God, if you think He's done something wrong to you or or not provided something, or somehow in your thinking you've got a wrong picture of God, this is going to be hard for you. So you've got to come back to God is good always, all the time, even though I don't understand why this happened or this didn't happen, and say, okay, God, you're, you're telling me to do this. I know I can't do it on my own. That's, that's humility. And then you're allowing him in to help you to do it. So good. So kind of in closing, just to sum it all up, the main things I was hearing and is just total dependency on him, just reliance on him, that the great I am has got you. And then, you know, this entitlement thing that can sneak into anybody, no matter what age or generation. I think a good question to ask yourself, because I remember in scripture, Paul was telling somebody, they were talking about him going here or there, like on a trip, and Paul said, if it be God's will, I will come and see you or whatever. How many of us, when we get up, in our morning, do we say, God, today's yours. What do you want me to do with my life, with my day? I think that's a really good gauge to say, do I feel entitled and that I can just do what I want, go where I want, have whatever? Like, I honestly, having that humility to say, God, my life is yours. Jesus purchased it with his own body and his blood. And, and my days and my nights, my time, wherever I go, whatever I do, I just need to know that's what you want to do and where you want to go. And, and it helps to extinguish that self selfishness, self-centeredness that always says, I just want to do what I want to do. And that's the epitome of entitlement. I get what I get, and I should go and do what I want. And sometimes that rebellion, like God talked to Moses about, might keep you from get, actually getting into something. You might get to see it from afar, <laughs> and you might not get to actually grasp it. But you, can I just say this? You know what I see God's grace and his mercy in that story of Moses when he said, you know what, Moses, but I'm going to let you see the promised land. You're not going to get to go into it. He didn't even have to do that. Yeah. But he wanted his child, Moses, who didn't do everything perfectly, but obeyed and did eventually what God told him to do, kind of sometimes his own way. He told him to, I think it was speak to the rock, and he struck it or whatever. Anyway, Moses was about to cross over into eternity. He didn't need to walk in no land of milk and honey. He was about to go to heaven. So the Lord knew what he was about to experience was perfection. But he still, in his love and mercy and grace, let him see what all the fight, all the fuss was about to see that promised land. God is good and always good. Amen? Yeah, and, Amen. And hang on. I, I got I to gotta read a few things here. There were a million... 
I, I can't read the clock. I don't know. There were millions of lives at stake here, and God needed someone who was going to stand up and do the job that was required to see them delivered. If you'll, it, it is so important for God's plan for each person to be accomplished, but if they're not going to do it, he has no choice but to find someone else. And I, I, don't, I don't want someone getting to do what God was asking me to do, even though Amen. I feel inadequate, and it looks like it's hard, and it looks like it's impossible. I don't want to let somebody else... But this is real time, and hell is a real place that people are going to spend eternity if they're not born again. And so he needs us doing what we... You know what? He might, he might give you a job, and, and you're going to make good money or whatever. But to, and, and so there's a purpose for it in that. But to him, the main purpose may be you're going to lead somebody to Christ that nobody else was able to reach. And so we just got to, we got to, so, man, Joe, I got to get my focus off of myself and get my focus on God and know that if I'm just going to do what, if I'm just going to serve, is that what this has? Yeah, this, I got the, I I didn't know, I'm like, do I got the max out on or the serve? But, um, man, if we would just make up our minds, okay, God, I'm your servant. He's not ours. (laughs) <laughs> and right. he ain't going to be. Right. He is God. That's right. And, and to be willing to do to, to maybe that one person that was going to spend eternity in hell, and because you obeyed God, even not understanding, even yeah. feeling inadequate, even knowing you couldn't do it, and, man, you got to build this relationship and set that person free. So good. Amen. Well, I got some other Anything notes, else? but I, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I... This is this is kind of off subject, but uh, when when I was at Bethel a couple weeks ago, the Sunday night service, Chris Cruz, the young adult pastor, was preaching, and he was talking about Moses, in that when he, um, you know, he hit the hit the Egyptian and killed him. It's like, boy, he must have had a powerful punch. Anyway, <laughs> but he said in that Moses Moses had a burden for his people, yeah. but I just want to encourage you in this. It's but it wasn't his time. And so him killing that, it wasn't the way either, right? But it wasn't his time. And so, and, and man, that caused a lot of problems. You know, he had to take off running for his life. And anyway, you, you know the story or go back and read it. But just remember this, that there is a timing for things also. And so don't try to kill the clock or the calendar or whatever because you're like, oh, but this looks like it's going to take three years. Who cares? Just enjoy that three-year journey, whatever it is. Don't get ahead of God because God's timing is for a purpose. It's always for a purpose. And if you're already feeling inadequate and God's like, yeah, you are, but and I need you to spend three years on this journey here before you're even really going to feel like you can do this. Enjoy the journey, man. So many people get messed up in the journey in the two or three or four or five years, whatever it is. Like, man, just wake up, enjoy every day, and believe that God has your best interest at heart. He knows what's best for you and how you're going to fulfill his plan.